0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Wa alaikum, assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Sorry, we're as-salam running late.
1: Assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.
0: Thank you so very much. Sorry, we're running late, and uh, we're gonna be presenting this uh, beautiful topic, but a very, very hard topic in terms of uh, how the women in general perceive this topic now with my beautiful sister and uh, colleague, Sister Umu Zamzam. All right. So again, Rahim. we're here today to continue our weekly Sunday Alaka, which is uh, with our ASHA team, is a uh, women Islamic education, and uh, provide all valuable information that we need in order for, for us Muslim women to perform our religion duty Correctly, and as mentioned earlier, this topic is a little bit um, kind of challenging for women in terms of uh, the rights of the husband over woman. And inshallah, next week we will be also covering the right of a woman over the husband. Without further ado, we would like to start by the opening the door. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ismilah Mani Rahim Alhamdulillah Alameen Wasalatu wasalam Alarasudullah Amabad Allahuma Arena Hakka Hakkan Warzukna tiba'a Wa Arena Batila Batilan Warzukina Chinaba Amin Allahuma idina Surat al Mustakim Suratal Nadina an Amta Alehim. Inshallah, like I said earlier, this presentation is going to be part, uh, we will have our, our co-presenter, Sister Umzanzan. who going to really go ahead and uh, tell about the detail about what we need to do and the rights of uh, the the woman, the husband of a woman. And uh, we'll be closing with uh, Sister uh, Zulifa Duty on the beautiful Rabbanadua as well. inshallah rabb Alamin. Now, before we talk about um, the rights of a husband of a woman, we would like to pause in a minute to just have an overview and talk about who really delegates those rights. It's very important that we understand that. This right, of course, as not given by no other person than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. So once we understand that this right is coming from Allah, but not from your husband, not from the mother-in-law, nor is from the father-in-law or anybody else except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I think this can really be of a reassurance and knowing that we're doing this for the sake of Allah. Right, so by understanding that this right that the husband have over you, by fulfilling those rights, you are obeying Allah, who is commanding you to do those rights. I believe at that point, it will be nothing else except the joy of you knowing that this is coming from your law Now, so over all the stuff we need to know is one of the most important issue in our religion which is uh, this issues pertaining to the the fiqh, which is another the jurisdiction of uh, the husband right why is it very important this is so important because again not only because it come from allah but also the husband is the trial for women in this world according to a lot of adith and uh, even of some verses in the quran that we're going to look at later on is saying that the paradise and the hell of the wife is lay under her husband. This is profound. We're gonna move on by looking at different adits and uh, in uh, some verse in the Quran that are really bringing us to understand those rights, those the husband rights over us. And uh, this will bring us some clarity So, there is a numerous adit by Prophet Muhammad, and he has emphasized on the great right that the husband has over his wife. Well, before that, we have to say something very important that even the prayer, all right, of a husband, of a wife, and the other. Act of worship, which is a ibadah, including fasting, you know, giving zakah, feeding the poor, Ramadan. All those things are central on obedience of a husband. SubhanAllah. Wow. And this statement here, saying here, uh, when a woman pray her five daily prayers, fast in the month of Ramadan, guard her private power, from an illegal sexual activity and obeys her husband, she will enter the paradise of our law. The last one, La Wow. This is Sahihullah Jameel 661. This is very profound. By obeying the husband and doing just that, you enter the paradise? Whoa. Sisters, this is a profound. Another adit saying that if a woman knew that knew what right her husband has over her she will, while he's having his lunch and dinner until he finished all <laughs> that is profound as well. Another Adit the next Adit here aligning the that uh, whether a woman's prayer is a sound or not is only centred in a on a, based on her respect for her husband, you know. Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, as for those people, their prayer do not go beyond their head. For example, it will be slave who run away from his owner until he's returned to them. And a woman who disobey her husband until she returned to obedience. This is so profound, sisters. This is touching the heart. Why? Another important right, including the right to respect and honor by his wife. No matter how rich or poor this husband is, it is the sole responsibility of the woman, you know, to, 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 to respect her husband. And if she does not do that, it says that her home, Will lack harmony and peace of mind. So, Prophet of Allah, sallallahu said in this regard that no one should prostrate to anyone else. But if I have, if anyone were to prostrate, or if he have to command anyone to prostrate to someone else, it will be for the wife to prostrate for her husband to show respect, not to worship but to show respect.
1: Hmm.
0: One more significant adit brought to the mind by the prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, illustrates the importance of the husband for his wife. He says, when the slave of Allah marry, he has completed half of his religions. Then let him fear Allah regarding the remaining half. Meaning what? Meaning that when you get married, that's it. Half of your religion is accomplished. Your duty of Allah is accomplished. So the remaining part is your rest. It's very, it's, it's just something. So those of you who are married, Please, we pray that you stay married, because again, this is a strong act of worship, and you have already half of your deed done just by staying with your husband. May Allah subhanahu taala give us increased understanding of those issues. I mean, and so to understand that all this duty that we talk, we are about to talk about with my colleague later on, right now, Nesla, is to come is solely from Allah who giving you those commands to obey. by uh, fulfilling those rights, allowing your husband to fulfill those right over you is nothing else by the duty of obedience to Allah. Now we concluded by saying that all of these ads are uh, authentic with authentic sources and uh, with this no, with this knowledge, we pray that we Muslim women, you know, w- you know, we shall really, really think about those things that we always do, especially when we are married, and know that doing them or not doing them is obedience or disobedience of Allah. Now, we, inshallah, will discuss the duty, also the rights of a woman over the husband in the Halakah, Isha'Allah so that it is very important that not just the woman but also the duty also is upon on a woman on a man which also have his own uh, obligations but we we'll discuss that again inshallah at our next halakha at this point i would like to have my beloved sister sister umu zamzam who are going to take us to the next slide to talk about some of the important um uh, the most fundamental right that the husband have over the wife. Sister Muzamza?
1: Thank you, Sister Nahila. Thank you for the uh, reminders. It's always good for us to review information and so that we stay sharp and we stay in remembrance of the law. And uh, we have to remember that our actions, as long as we have two things in place, um, the intention to please Allah and that, the second is that is according to the Quran and Sunnah, these are actually acts of worship, just like Nahila was saying. Okay, so let's go over some of these points. Uh, nine important rights that the man has over the woman. And please prepare, inshallah, to have a discussion or questions, or um, please prepare to chime in when you know, when, when, when you have a question to ask.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So obeying the husband. In obeying the husband, it is the foremost right of the husband over his wife and one of the most important and obligatory rights that he has over the wife, that she should obey him and she should do what he tells her to do. As long as, as long as he is guiding her to what is right and not guiding her to what is wrong. So Allah says in describing the righteous women, this is in the Quran, chapter four, verse 34. Therefore, his righteous women are devoutly obedient to Allah and their husbands and guard in the husband's absence what Allah orders them to guard, their chastity and their husband's property. So obeying the husband, this is outlined in the Quran. And we also have a hadith that supports this from Sufyan al-Thawri, that was relayed by Sufyan al-Thawri, may Allah have mercy on him, said, devoutly obedient means that obey Allah in their husbands. So the messenger of Allah salallahu so urge women to obey their husbands, he said, When he was asked who is best of women, and the response was those who obey when she is commanded. So that's the hadith on that, obeying the husband. Imam Bukhari, may Allah have mercy on him, also included another hadith in a chapter entitled Women should not obey their husbands in matter of sin and disobedience. If her husband calls her to commit a sin, then she must refuse. If he punishes her for that, then the sin will be upon him, not her. So it was narrated that Ali ibn Abi Talib said, the messenger of Allah said, there is no obedience if it involves disobedience towards Allah. Rather, obedience is the only in which that is good and proper. So in obeying the husband, as long as he's guiding her to what's right and disobeying her, if he is guiding her to what's wrong, and then if he punishes her for disobeying him when he's guided her to what's wrong, then he is punished for that sin. Any questions? Okay, so then let's move on. Allowing him to have intercourse and enjoy her body. So allowing him to have intimacy is key in this religion. And it's key for several reasons, but we'll go over some of them. Because marriage has been prescribed to protect the lineage and to perpetuate the human race, to enable people to lower their gaze and preserve their chastity by avoiding the haram, because you know it's a major sin by committing adultery or by opening your private parts in ways that is uh, not prescribed by law. You have to enjoy what is good and forbid the evil. It's very difficult, they're saying, for men to abide by this rule if, They are not lowering their gaze. They are not preserving their chastity if they are not able to enjoy their wives when they need to enjoy their wives. So allowing him to have intimacy is key. It's very important. Um, It also wards off certain diseases. It brings tranquility in the home, love in the heart, and it establishes love between the spouses. and it fulfills the desire. But if a wife keeps away from her husband in the bed and does not let him to enjoy his marital rights, this is one of the major sins. It is apparent from the hadith by Abu Huraira, who said the messenger of Allah said, if a man calls his wife to bed and she refuses and he becomes angry with her, the angels will curse her until the morning. There's another hadith narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Prophet Muhammad said, There are three whose prayers Allah does not accept. Let me repeat that. There are three whose prayers that Allah does not accept. And the first one being is, any man who leaves the people when they dislike it. Number two, a woman whose husband becomes angry with her overnight. And then number three, two brothers who are not speaking to one another. So clearly, of the three whose prayers Allah does not accept a woman who disobeys her husband, or he becomes angry with her, is among the people that Allah does not accept their prayers. So allowing intimacy is critical. It's critical to remain prepared to allow your husband to enjoy your body when he needs to and have intimacy is, is important for several reasons. Keep in mind what Allah has said and what his messenger has said with regards to this matter. All right, so we go to the next point. Not allowing anyone to enter his house without his approval. This is important. Not allowing anyone to enter his house without approval. She should not allow anyone to enter the house without approval for whom he has not given permission. So if he didn't give permission for anyone to enter his house, then she's not allowed to bring anyone in that he doesn't approve of. And the hadith that supports this was narrated by Jabir Ibn Abdullah. He narrated that the Prophet Muhammad said, your right over them is that they should not allow anyone to sit on your favorite furniture whom you disapprove of. Abu Huraira also narrated a hadith that the Prophet Muhammad said she should not allow anyone into his house when he is present except with his permission. Okay, so those are the two authentic hadiths with regards to not allowing anyone in his house to not allowing anyone to enjoy his furniture without his approval. So let's move on to the next. Not to observe naffle fast when he is present without his permission. So it's not to observe extra fasts when he is present without his permission. If you have obligatory fast, you must make your obligatory fast no matter what. That's something that Allah has commanded you to do. But if you are fasting extra fast, naffle fast uh, for extra credit from Allah, it is better for you to ask your husband's permission that he may need you during the time of the fasting. And so if he does, it's better for you not to fast, there's more reward in not fasting in this case than if you were to fast without his permission and then not be available to him. It's not permissible for you to fast for extra credit fasting when your husband needs you. So this is indicated by the Hadith of Abu Huraira, which quoted a woman should not fast when her husband is present except for when she has his permission. A woman should not go out of his house or travel except with his permission. So, Sheik Al-Islam Ibn Tamiyyah said, a woman is like a slave of her husband and she is not able to have the right to go out of her house without his permission, whether her father or her mother or anyone else tells her. to do. So this is according to scholarly consensus. If a man wants her to move to another place while fulfilling his duties towards her and respecting the limits set by a law concerning her and her father forbids her to obey him in that, then she has to obey her husband and not her parents because in this case, her parents are doing the wrong and they do not have the right to forbid her to obey her husband. So a woman is supposed to obey her husband over her parents. Once she's married, she has to obey her husband. She should not mistreat him or annoy him. She should not mistreat him or annoy him. And that is a hadith by Muaz ibn Jabba narrated that the prophet Muhammad said no woman annoys her husband but his wife among Al, let's Al-Hul Ayn said do not annoy him may Allah destroy you for the first <clears throat> well he is just a temporary guest with you and soon he will leave you and join us so no woman annoys her husband but his wife do not annoy him may Allah destroy you for he is just a temporary guest with you. And soon he will leave you and join us. So alhamdulillah, a husband is actually um, a provision for the wife. Um, He is alone from Allah. We should not mistreat him or annoy him. And both of us, whether it's the wife or the husband, will only be here for a certain appointed time. Treat him well while he's here, because he will return to Allah. And so,
2: any questions on that so far? Okay.
1: She should be grateful to him and not ungrateful. She should be grateful to him and not ungrateful. His rights over her are great and his status is very high because Allah has favored him with the position of the protector and the maintainer and spending and he has made him master and owner. It is narrated in a Sahih report that the Prophet Muhammad said, he is not grateful towards Allah who is not grateful towards other people. So in the Hadith, we have to be grateful to the people that Allah gives us provisions through. And in this case, our husband. So Allah loves the grateful. And he is displeased with the ungrateful. And shaitan is among the ungrateful. That's why he is a kafir. That's why he is a disbeliever. Not that he doesn't know Allah. He knows Allah very well. He knows of Allah's existence. He has been close to Allah as a wajal. He has at one point been a servant to Allah as a as wajal. But because he is ungrateful, he is among the kafir. So we as believing women need to be grateful towards other people and grateful to our Lord. And that's a general command. It is obligatory. Gratitude in and of itself is obligatory. So to make it even more clear, there is a hadith of Asma bin Yazid who said the messenger of Allah passed by us when we were among a group of women. He greeted us with salam and said, beware of people who are ungrateful. We said, oh, messenger of Allah, what is ingratitude towards those who do us favors? He said, one of you may stay unmarried for a long time, living with your parents. Then Allah blesses her with a husband and blesses her with wealth and children from him. Then she becomes angry and says, I have never seen anything good from you. So this hadith implies that no matter what our husbands do for us, that sometimes we may tend to be ungrateful. And if we do become ungrateful, we forget about all of the good things that he's done for us. And, you know, we're, we're, we're pointing out the things that, you know, he doesn't do for us. So we want to make sure that we're grateful for what he does do and not magnify or amplify the things that he doesn't do. We definitely don't want to say I've never seen anything good from it. So we have another hadith here was narrated by Amar ibn Huzayna ibn Thabit. He said, we were with Amar ibn al-Nas during Hajj and we were in Mar Al-Zahran. We saw a woman in her hauda putting her hand on her face. When he made a stop, he entered a mountain pass and we entered with him. He said, We were with the Messenger of Allah in this place, and we saw many crows, among whom was a crow whose beak and feet were red. The messenger of Allah said, No women were. (laughs) Paradise, except the ratio of this crow among other crows. All right, so now we're at the not to ask for a divorce without a legitimate reason. She should not ask for a divorce without a legitimate reason. This is the most grievous of sins before Allah because it leads to the destruction of the family and the social disintegration. It stirs up hatred in the husband's heart and sows fear in the children's heart. So when families are destroyed, Allah becomes displeased. Now, divorce is permissible but you have to have a legitimate reason, not because you're angry and you don't want to be bothered because they are children and there's the family structure that needs to be maintained at any cost if she does not have a legitimate reason. So the Hadith goes on to say that the Prophet Muhammad said, any woman who asks her husband for a divorce with no reason, the fragrance of paradise will be forbidden to her. The fragrance of paradise will be forbidden to her. All right, so we're on the last point. Mourn for him for four months and 10 days if he transitions and returns to a law. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. Mourn for your husband for four months and 10 days if he passes away. Uh, you are not allowed to marry uh, during that time. Uh, once the four months and 10 days are over, then you can become remarried. Are there any questions?
0: Advise all the sisters uh, to please have that Facebook. If anything, it's a 1999 and uh, it's a great book to have. All our lessons coming from it, I will tell you, before I would say 100%, now we will say 90% you know, come from this book, which is a still great book. Um, and the next one is the uh, Ruling pretending to Muslim Women. And we already covered that book. It's uh, the book that you need to have it in your uh, yourself, And then you always refer to it to see what is your right and uh, um, what is the ruling pretending to going out, to providing food, or all those kind of stuff we discussed is right there. And that one is uh, 14 dollars and another one is the golden story of a woman. We use it as a storybook sometime when we do a Holocaust and you know derive two, three story from it. It's also a beautiful book, but it's very expensive. I think it's $36 for that one. And the last one but not the least is the right and duty of a woman in Islam. That is a beautiful. And it's only 399. And this is a book also that you know, talk about those rights and back them up with addicts. But in all of the book, if you have to choose one and which are highly recommended and uh, is to choose number one, which is a lesson for Muslim women. that being be saying, we will uh, move on Um, questions. Um, um, move on of questions. And then uh, Rabanadwa with the sister Um, uh, Sister Zulifa. Sister Um Umu open up for questions, inshallah.
1: Okay, sisters, do you have any comments, any statements or any questions? And we covered a lot, the nine rights that the men have over the women for this week. Next week is the rights that the women have over the men. But do you have any questions or statements or comments? And I want to know, I mean, are you the sole person that has to cook in your home too? If you want to share that, I'm just curious because Nahila and I um, I never really thought of it much because cooking belongs to everyone who wants to know how to eat in my family and then sometimes you know whoever cooks would then just leave the food and then we also serve ourselves so that that way you could just get the portions that you want instead of wasting the food if someone else prepares your plate so um,
0: Sister Muzanza will move on <laughs> to call Sister <laughs> Zulfa for Rabbanat uh, revision. Isha'Allah, Sister Muzanza?
1: Yes, thank you, Sister Nahila. I actually enjoyed our conversation, sisters. Thank you. No. Um, now we're gonna move on to Rabbanat du'as with Sister Zulfa Duri. and uh, sisters, um, please review your Rabbanat du'as. Sister Zulfa.
2: Wabarakatuh.
1: Alhamdulillah, can you take us into the rabbana'adu'as today?
2: Insha'Allah. Alhamdulillah, wa shukur lillah, hamdan kaseeran, tayiban, fi. Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. Masha'Allah, tabarakallah. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for sharing such important information with us. May Allah I pray that may Allah subhanahu help all spouses to be just. To be fair, to be compassionate to one another. May Allah make all this information you share with us beneficial knowledge for us all and others as
0: well. I,
2: I mean, inshallah, today I'm going to review three more Rabbanadwas. The first one will be the one in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 250. Uh, Rabbana meaning our lord pour upon us patience and plant firmly our feet and give us victory over the disbelieving people this dua actually was a du- was a prophetic dua for protection it was recited by prophet dawood alayhi salat was salam Going through the history, Dawood actually a.s. was a smaller, younger man who did not seem like he was favored to win a battle against Jalut Jalud, also known as uh, Galiets. But as we read through the story, Allah wa ta'ala granted him dominion and wisdom and imparted to him the knowledge of whatever he will. So basically, Allah gave him victory over and gave him more in terms of dominion, wisdom, and knowledge. The next one will be uh, still in Surat al-Baqarah, verse 286. Meaning, our Lord Do not impose blame upon us if we have forgotten or erred. This is a dua for tawbah, a dua for repentance. Clearly asking for Allah's forgiveness is the best kind of dua a true believer can make. Because when you ponder over it, it shows humility in your character protects you from the boasting or growing prideful. Constant repentance, when you think about it, is a characteristic that show your complete reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all things. So I pray that may Allah make Tawbah something of importance in the life of each Muslim. The next one is still in Surah al-Baqarah verse 286 a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim rahman rahmanir rahim rabbana wala tahmil Alena isran kama hamaltahu alal ladhina min meaning our lord and lay not upon us a burden like that which you, you laid upon those before us this is a dua Asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to make the path of righteousness easy upon the believers. Asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for our life's tests to be ones that we are capable of enduring. <laughs> Example, the one of being a wife, or the one of being a husband. So this is a very good dua that we could actually use for a situation like that. Because being a wife is not an easy duty. Being a husband is not an easy duty but Allah can make it easy for us. And the ability that Allah gave us to have compassion will also play a major role in assisting us being a successful couple who will reach the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and ultimately, insha'Allah by his will, his mercy enter Jannah together. This brings us to the end. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our efforts and purify our intention. Mm. May our intention always be to reach the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May he benefit us with what we heard and learned and give us the ability to practice it. Because that's important. Hearing, absorbing information, gaining knowledge is important, is good. But not putting into practice is a big waste. May he always bring us closer to his pleasure and protect us from his anger and punishment in this life, in our death, in our graves, and on the day of judgment. Ameen. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unites the entire ummah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In jannatul firdaus. May he yeah. bless and have mercy on the entire ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, The dead and the living. Amen. rahimin Subhana rabbika, rabbi izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala al-musaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil amin. <laughs>